Hello, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Alone in the Dark podcast. <laughs> Listen at your own risk. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Alone in the Dark podcast. We are now in October, right, Maddie? October, here we are. Yeah, episode 47. Um, excited. It's uh, Today felt so much like fall. Did you feel it out there in New Jersey today, Maddie? Oh, totally, man. The winds are blowing oh. and the uh, the leaves are going. Oh. <laughs> it's true. It was good. I, I actually got motivated and decorated the rest of the outside of my house. Um, left a couple decorations in the basement. I, you know, there's a, I have a lot of stuff, so uh, I put a lot out, but I was excited. It, I definitely felt motivated with the weather and got out there and uh, put up some lights. I saw a and, certain yeah. gentleman leaning over your balcony in the third floor there. Yeah, funny story. Uh I posted this on my personal Instagram account, but I was substitute teaching the other day in my town in Atlantic Highlands at the elementary school. And uh, no joke, I walk out at the end of the day, walk into my car, and I hear uh, a parent say, Mr. Boylan? And I I turned around, and I was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, what did I do? I did something wrong. And she's like, I'm I'm just curious, are you going to put your Michael Myers out? (laughs) And I go... I go, uh, yeah, I will. She goes, I'm just asking because my son, um, my son really likes it and his friends, they love it. And we've driven by your house a bunch of times and we haven't seen him and they're wondering if you're going to put him out. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they're wondering. And I was like, this is genius. You know what I mean? I'm like, only in my town, you know what I mean? Well, you'll hear, uh, something like that, especially with the way that I decorate my house. So I was super pumped, you know what I mean? To hear that, which is kind of nice, you know? Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, so that was fun. But um, but anyway, so yeah, very fall-like and happy October to you guys. Happy almost Halloween. Um, we are excited to be back with a great episode talking about our top five uh, favorite characters from the Halloween movie series, which I think is going to be a fun one. Right, Maddie? Oh, man, I'm, I've been excited for this one for a long time. I know, and you came up with this one. You've really been banging them, banging them out, hitting home runs, Maddie, with uh, with some great topics, you know what I mean? Uh, thinking outside I the box, so. you know? So yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to be uh, I'm glad to be here, man. We know we we love to put these podcasts out, so hopefully everybody enjoys listening to them. Yeah, definitely. So before we get to that, uh, a couple things I want to mention. First thing is that we have uh, talk about our Patreon, uh, which we had set up uh, last month, correct? Uh, it was sept- last month. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've done a lot on there, which is kind of exciting. And uh, first thing I want to do is uh, for our Patreon subscribers, one of the things that we like to do is when you subscribe, we give you a shout out here in the podcast. So uh, big thank you to Two Meter Maniac and Ashley for subscribing at fifteen dollars a month. It's just huge. They got a free T-shirt. Oh, um, amazing. They have access to all of our uh, video content. They have. They're going to be having an actual. Um, if if you find yourself alone in the 
dark special recording from Maddie himself, which will, which will be coming soon, <laughs> which is yep. also part of their uh, $15 a month. And uh, they get access to all our bonus uh, podcast episodes. So thank you guys for that. And then at $5 a month, we have Don Boring, Ethan Rudock, Liam Vincent, and Nick Easterday. So guys, thank you so much for subscribing. That's so great. Uh, you guys are our, our newest uh uh, patreon subscribers so thank you um so the bonus part of the family yeah so thanks for doing that and anybody else that would like to check it out if you just go to patreon and search for alone in the dark podcast you'll find us um but just to talk about some of the bonus episodes that we have up there now matt we have what do we have the we have an additional five uh horror beginnings when we did our horror beginnings yeah. podcast yes. we had so many extras that we actually recorded a special patreon episode where we listed an additional five each correct yes that's a total of 10 extras yep yes and then what was the one we just did uh last week matt that we just put up do you remember yes that was the um additional five um not additional oh my goodness i just had it no oh no i'm sorry so Oh my goodness, I'm blanking. Oh no, so it was the top five movies we saw too young. Yes, yeah, it was a topic that I kind of came up with and we did a whole uh, podcast on the movies that we saw way too young, which was great. And we got a great conversation going with all of our Patreon subscribers through the comments section and they were letting us know their five, uh, which was great. So guys, thank you so much for doing that. That was awesome. Uh, and we have to comment back um, on a few of you that we haven't yet. But uh, so thanks to everyone uh, for checking out the Patreon. And if you guys are interested in subscribing and getting our bonus content, uh, like I said, it's it's the bonus podcast episodes. Um, if you subscribe at $15 a month, you get a free T-shirt. And we also have video content, uh, video uh, videos up there and articles that we both have written as well. So uh, So check us out on Patreon, which is great. Um, so Matt, anything like what's, what's gotten you in the mood for Halloween? What are you watching? Like, what are you psyched Dude, about? Dude, what's always gets me in the mood is AMC's Fear Fest. Yes. Always. Yes, me too. And last night was a, was a Friday the 13th marathon started oh. late. I got in, I jumped in on part two. I love when they do those marathons. It's the best. Cause I just leave it on all day and, you know, on TV and just walk around and do stuff around the house. It's so great. Oh, it was great. That was last night. But then tonight, all day, actually today, starting like in six o'clock in the morning, it was Stephen King yes. um, all day today. Yeah, I had Cujo on this Cemetery morning. Pet is actually on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was on early this morning. Yeah, yes. Cujo was on. Um, yeah, it was great, man. It's so it's so awesome. Silver Bullet was on, Pet Cemetery, Misery, um, just to name a few. It's just fun because it gets you to watch things that you wouldn't normally grab off the shelf to put on, you know what I mean, which I like. You know, it sort of forces you to watch. Off, did you say off the shelf, Mike? <laughs> I did, Maddie, and that's one of your video segments <laughs> on our Patreon, which is great. So, yeah. It's recurring. Yeah, yeah. it's a recurring segment <laughs> that I do. Yeah. But it's true. Does It It kind of forces you to watch movies that you wouldn't typically say, hey, I'm going to put this on right now. You know what well, I mean? Well, I wouldn't use force, but yeah, it, it invites us in for sure. Yeah, yeah, but they have a great lineup. You know what I mean? It's awesome. And if you go on demand, uh, they also have their films up there as well which is kind of neat. You can go on demand on the AMC app if you have a smart TV and you can pull up any of those films that they have access to as well, which is really cool. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, so that really got me in the mood, man. That re- Those really got me in the mood. Yes, that's awesome. Good stuff, man. Very cool. What about you? What have you been watching? Well, I got real inspired because uh, just last week I went and fulfilled one of my dreams and actually got to meet Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Cassandra Peterson. The mistress herself. Yeah. I, uh, I drove up to Salem uh, last Friday and uh, it was a really quick trip because I drove up uh, probably mid-morning. Uh, lots of traffic. It took me about probably six hours, a lot longer than usual, six, six and a half. Got up there. It was pouring rain. 
Um, and then I, I paid for a photo op to have my, uh, my picture taken that you can see on her Instagram account. Um, and I got to meet Elvira, which was really cool. So I did that and that inspired me. I rewatched Elvira mistress of the dark, which is definitely one of my favorite movies. It's, you know, I've said this tons of times on the podcast. I love fun, kind of fun horror. And, uh, obviously Elvira mistress of the dark is nothing more than, and tons of fun, you know? Oh, tons of it. <laughs> so I watched that. Uh, what else? I just watched tonight until my son fell asleep, and I, I said, you got to go to bed. Uh, he was interested in seeing Return of the Living Dead, so we put that on, which was super fun. Oh, he didn't finish or he did? No, he didn't finish. He was sleeping, so I was like, oh. Mikey, go to bed, and we'll we'll finish this another day. So, uh, But that was fun. I haven't seen that one probably in about a year. You know, I think I watched that last year, which was uh, which is always a fun Halloween watch, you know? Um, and then I just watched, uh, today actually while I was eating lunch and doing some decorating and stuff, I had Hocus Pocus on just cause, uh, you can't go wrong with that to get you in the mood. Well, you were just in Salem. So you just scouted the locations last week. Yeah. Yeah. I walked by a few in the pouring rain, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. But uh, usually I go up there for a whole weekend, but this time it was just for the, for the day. But anyway, so, uh, so that was fun. So I'm, uh, I'm excited, you know, that Halloween's around the, around the corner. I'm not, not really feeling as down as I usually do. I usually start getting, getting sad when it comes, you know, up, but I'm feeling pretty good this year. You know, I've, I've done a lot, done a lot of haunted houses actually just went to a new haunted house tonight i didn't even tell you uh maddie but another one yeah i actually brookdale community college has uh one called the haunted theater uh which was super fun so i took mikey and one of his friends karsten and uh we went and it was great and guess what at the end i hear this girl screaming from like behind this like you know this wooden thing and she like scared the crap out of us and i recognize the voice and i look beyond the thing and it's kaylin from the suitor (laughs) It is not. I swear to God, she goes to Brookdale and she's one of the actresses that's that scares. And I was like, Kaylin. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, uh, it was sense. so funny. So it was so great to see her. And I yelled at the end. I'm like, you're so great. You did awesome. She's like, thanks. You know, it was just funny. Uh, so that was cool. But yeah, they did a great job. It was another great uh, haunted attraction. So I'm just psyched that I've been sort of cramming those in, you know, this will be my third, I guess, this season, you know. Um, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, because you did some up at Asylum as well. Uh, well, yeah, that'd be my fourth then. Yeah. So this is my fourth haunted attraction I went to so far in uh, September and October. So I'm trying to pack it in, you know, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the season and do as much as possible. You know, it's, it's, it's important. I agree, man. I'm reading, I'm still reading, I'm plugging through uh, Halloween three, the book season of the witch, the movie. Ver- the Are movie you really novel. reading that? Oh yeah, man. I'm loving it. So tell me like what, just real quick, just like, what are some of the differences, uh, in the book? Well, let me put it this way. Um, I'm on page, you know, like by page 50, there's still, you know, the guy just walked into the hospital and um, and killed Mr. Grimbridge, Ellie's dad or whatever. They get, there's a lot of detail in the beginning right? Um, about his life, you know, and how he's just kind of failed his marriage and he goes, to, you know. So it really goes into detail too. about that. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's good. It's well written too. It's it's by um well, it's it says it's by Jack Martin, but I I forget who the um I forget who this author is. That's a pseudonym for one of those guys. Dennis Etchison, I believe, is the man who um who wrote the because he, he also wrote the the novelization of Halloween 2 as well. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But I I would bet money on it's Dennis Etchison, I believe. Etchison, I believe. Okay. And uh, yeah, he's a very good writer. So it's not written like, you know, this cheesy, you know, breezy kind of real quick 
thing. It's very, it's very like a novel. Like it has nice details in it, and uh, you know, it's very cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I own it, but I've never read it. You know what I mean? I've every Halloween, you know, October, I'm like, ah, I should pick this up and read it, but I haven't. But I'll definitely have to try to to because it's not a I long. Know, I have book. to borrow your Halloween four someday. Yes, I never read that no, that novelization. I'd like to read that. Yeah, it's another one I haven't read either, but I would love to. So, speaking of Halloween, Maddie. Um, uh, well, first thing, I'm trying to think how I want to do this because it was just your birthday uh, on Friday, yesterday, correct? It was, So happy yes. birthday, Maddie. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> so I think sitting next to you is a birthday present that I gave you. Um, you did. And I told you I wanted to wait to open it till tonight. So let me think for one second how I want to do this. Do I want you to open it now or should I wait till it's appropriate to a part? Why don't we wait? I think it's going to, we're going to wait till it's appropriate to a part of the podcast. Okay. So. Yeah. Because I, I also do want to admire the pink paper with little cute cupcakes on it. Just a <laughs> little so bit longer sorry. too. So let me savor that. It's yeah, all, it's the only, just a little bit longer. It's the only rapid paper I had that was birthday themed. I'm sorry, but pink's a great color. Oh, that man. wasn't sarcastic at all. I, I'm genuinely dude, enjoying I love the view pink, right now. Man. Thank you. I love pink. I used to have pink Converse too when I was in high school. It's good stuff. Um, so it's anyway. Also a good Aerosmith song. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Pink is my favorite color. It's my favorite color. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we are here to talk about our top five favorite characters from the Halloween movie series. And uh, I'm super excited about this because, as you know, you and I know, and I think our listeners know, it's probably one of our favorite series in horror of all time. Correct? Oh my goodness, that's please. I think it's probably everybody's at this point. At least, at least up there, right? Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, there's there's Friday the Thirteenth, there's Nightmare on Elm Street, there's you know, there's all kinds of sure. There's Child's Play, Scream. You know what I mean? Tons, but come on, yeah. like Halloween, you know, is is just an amazing, amazing series and it really changed and there's so many different timelines and uh, characters. So it's going to be exciting to talk about uh, some of our favorites, which is great. You know, I'm super pumped. And I'll mention uh, right now that if you do subscribe to our Patreon, Matt and I are going to do another bonus episode where we're going to give our additional three. Uh, We couldn't really come up with five each. Um, but we have an additional three each that we are going to have an, an episode on our Patreon as well. So, uh, yes, so that's we good. Are. So tune into that. But anyway, so Matt, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I usually do. So why don't you go first All this right. time? Sounds good, Matt. So my number five is going to start with a bold horror statement, Matt. You ready for it? I am. Okay. John Tate from H2O is the most real teen in all of the Halloween movies. Would you agree with that? Wow. The most real teen. Yes. Think about it. Think I about don't, it. I don't... Oh, man. I mean, I... I I don't. I don't know if I. I'd have to think about that. All right. Well, let um, me let me give you a few facts to sort of to to back up this statement. Okay. Shoot. All right. So he's my number five, John Tate from H two O. So here's why. Age wise, he is the closest. I think he was about eighteen or nineteen when they filmed H two O. Right. So he was probably which is not which is not your standard twenty six year old playing. A no, that's what I'm saying. So I think he was the closest right. in age. So just looks and just the way he acted, you know, he was right around there. So. Um, I also believe he is the most real teen 
Okay. And I love his sarcasm with his mom in the kitchen scene at the beginning. Remember when she wakes up screaming and he's kind of helping her and he's trying to convince her that he should go to Yosemite and they're having the argument. Yes, I am. And with your full blessing, do you want to know why? Why? Because today is the day. I can feel it. Today is the day that you're going to realize that I'm 17 years old and your overprotection and paranoia is inhibiting my growth process. You want to go camping? I'll take you camping. I want to go with you. Sorry. Dad would let me go. Well, Dad is an abusive, chain-smoking, methadone addict. And who would attract someone like that? Ouch. And just think, he left you. It's just like the kind of banter that can be heard in every kitchen across America. Um... And I also love, and I feel like this is why he's, he's the most real teen, his character is not afraid to show fear. Um, most characters, you know, when they show fear, it just seems very fake or, or they're just acting like they're super tough and, and you're like, that's not how someone would react, you know, in a situation like that. Yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's not a very happy teen for sure. No, but like think of the scene when he and Molly are running from Michael Myers, you really feel... Like he is scared, you know, when they're like behind the door and they see him in the window. And oh, I love that. That whole scene is very authentic. Oh, because, it's great. because I'm Michelle Williams's part as well. Yeah, the both real. of them. But like, think of his reaction. You feel like he's really scared shitless. You know what I mean? Like he's freaking out. Um, I also believe he's a real hero when he is fighting for his life. He is generally scared. He's not just like like a super tough guy. He's generally scared. Um, as he does it, as he's fighting back, you know, and he's such a strong character trying to protect his mom and Molly. Um, he's, he's just a one of a kind in all the Halloween movies and, uh, and no scat is needed for his character. All right. <laughs> did you get the reference? <laughs> I did. You don't need scat. Oh God. So no scat. Yeah, that's, that's a Zeke reference. Yeah, there you go. So that's from uh, the faculty. Yes, of course. Of course. So that's uh, <laughs> that's my number five, Matt. I love John Tate. I think you know. Uh, I remember seeing H two O in theaters and being a little disappointed, but you know, still liking it. It definitely had a cool feel. Um, wasn't crazy bad. And you love. Go ahead. You love the orchestral reimagining of the uh, theme song as well. I know you do. No, I don't. I hate it. <laughs> it's like a it's soap, soap opera. opera. It is it's like a soap opera. It is though. These are the days of our Haddonfield lives. That's pretty much not. It's not even Haddonfield. That's the thing that that bummed me out. But uh, but anyway. But John Tate is a character. I think he's a really strong character and a very very real teen that is represented in a horror movie. So that's my number five, Matt. What is you know, your? I dig John. Yeah, I know. I know you do. I know you like him, man. I know you're a fan. Uh, he's a great actor, you know. So what's your number five, Matt? Well, my number five is rule number one never get involved with a patient nurses that's another story but patients it's no good it never works out dispensing damone like wisdom mike before we even knew who mike damone was it's the ever reliable don juan as ambulance driver lothario bud oh my god bud (laughs) mike sure bud's not perfect but don't we all know a bud mike (laughs) And and is there a better pickup line in the history of horror cinema than this one? Let's go down to the therapy room. Bud's finger could use a little therapy. Oh, really. my God. 
I mean, it is loaded with innuendo, and it's just perfectly delivered by Leo Rossi, who plays um, who plays Bud. But it makes you wonder, Mike, how, how did Jimmy ever manage without him? You know, after Bud gets dispensed <laughs> in in the therapy room uh, later on, there when he goes to um, you know turn up you know the heat a little bit or turn it down actually because it's too hot. Yeah. Um, Jimmy becomes, you know, Jimmy loses his bud and he becomes this misguided moron who just can't seem to make a decent decision if his life depended on it. And believe me, Mike, his life <laughs> definitely depends on it. <laughs> so you want proof, Mike? I'll give you proof. So Jimmy walks into the major surgery room later on in the film. Mrs. Alves is splayed out on the operating table. She's a sallow husk of her former self. The last little droplets of blood dripping out, joining the large lake of plasma that's already converging the in- covering the entire floor. I can't help but think as Jimmy turns, Mike, and flops onto his back amidst all that blood, that Bud would have probably warned his buddy Jimmy against going into that room in the first place. Think about it. <laughs> probably would have gone something like this. Don't go in there with dull treaded sneakers. Durable, waterproof boots? It's different. You get better traction. But sneakers? It never works out. You'll crack your skull open every time. I'm telling you, listen, old bud. <laughs> so, after all, Mike, everyone, and I mean everyone, needs a trusty pal to help him navigate the very murky waters of falling in love with hospital patients and how to avoid entering a room completely overrun by a raging river of Mrs. Alves' blood. <laughs> so... These are things you have to take into account. But Bud once said, Mike, it's cold out there. And he was right. Because when he dies, the warm flame of youth, wisdom, and jocular exuberance is snuffed out, leaving a slight chill out there in the Halloween universe. But we know, Mike, that his epitaph will forever read, Amazing grace, come sit on my face. Don't make me cry, I need your pie. (laughs) Or... The WB-11 version, amazing grace, come show me your face. (laughs) Don't make me cry, I tell no lie. (laughs) Is that what it really said? That's the uh, edited version. That's funny. Awesome. So five is is bird. (laughs) That's good, man. That's a great pick. You know, Bud is is a prick, but uh, he's definitely a memorable character in the series for sure. (laughs) How can you not like Bud? I mean, he's, he's literally... He's got he's he's got Bud that he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 a hip dude. Yeah, he, you know he's got Nurse Karen, who's just an absolute gorgeous woman. Right. Uh, and they have a nice, you know, even though it's not really fleshed out that relationship. Well, it's a little fleshed out, <laughs> but um, you can tell that there's real love there, and there's there's tenderness too, even below, even though you they kind of you know have to glaze over it and get to the kills pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was there's definitely something to that relationship, even though, you know, I can sense it. I could see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so who's your number four, Mike? Oh, Maddie. Uh, my number four is... Mr. Hunt? Yeah, what is it, Craig? Yeah, I'm worried about Bennett Tramer. He isn't home yet. Yeah, and he left the party at 10. Well, it's only a little after 11, boys. He was real drunk. How old is he? 17. He had this stupid mask on. All right, boys. 17. I'm wearing a mask. Oh, Ben, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure of your dating life, but uh, I'm going to assume that it hasn't been easy for you. You like girls, but uh, but I'm going to guess you're shy or maybe you're just you just like hanging out by yourself, walking the streets on Halloween night, way too old to be trick or treating. <laughs> but you do it anyway, you know, for fun. You know, you like to relive your youth, maybe. Good for you, Ben. Finally, you get a girl interested in you. Lori might not be your first choice, but beggars can't be choosers, right, Matt? 
<laughs> exactly. Elated by this new information about Lori, you storm the streets to relive your youth. Uh, maybe you were on the way to brag to Dick Baxter, or maybe you were going to to steal that, that punk kid Lonnie's candy because he's such a, a punk little bully kid. So what do you get, Ben? What do you get for being happy on Halloween night? Is that him? I don't know. Get back! Run! Go on, run! Move it! Get back! Get back, you kid! Run! Move it! Stop! Get out of it! Move it! Stop! Stop! You get slammed into by a police car and pinned between a van, all because you had to dress like the blonde version of Michael Myers. Rest in peace, Ben. Why, Ben? Rest in peace. Why, Ben? Why? So come on, Matt. But if, don't worry. He'll, don't worry. He's going to show up in a, in, a, in a quick frame in Halloween 4 when he throws Loomis through the door in the school. Uh, that's right. That's right. Is is? But think of that. This character is so important. He's, he has such little screen time, and he's mentioned. He's almost like Tino from uh, My So-Called Life. You know, you never see well, him. Well, think about it. But he's never even... So he. you don't even really know it's him until they mention him po- You know, after his death. Well, you his mean, friend. Really, his friend's it. like... We're concerned about our friend Ben Tramer. We haven't seen him all night. You know what I mean? And that's when you sort of make the connection, right? But think about this character is so important that Trick or Treat Studios made a mask just for him. They did. And I'm looking at mine right now. Like I actually own it. And it's so, yes, you do. So funny. But anyway, so that, that's my number four, Matt. Ben Tramer, rest in peace. Uh, Absolutely, Ben. I love him. You gotta love him. You gotta love the the, the turn of his head before he gets slammed by the police car. <laughs> Go rewatch it. Uh, it'll make you laugh. But that's my number four, Matt. So, what is your number four? My number four is a rather new character, and that character is everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Taken completely by surprise, Mike, from Halloween 2018, along comes the remarkable Allison Strode. Ooh. She is, she is, without a doubt, definitively my favorite part of 2018. I, I enjoyed the film, okay, as people, I'm on record as saying that, mm-hmm. although you didn't, I did. But she's the thing that the filmmakers really got right, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and Andy Matichak, who's in a really smart performance, she builds this character of Allison from the inside out. Some of her groundedness obviously comes from, you know, watching her attend school dances and navigating boyfriend difficulties, but there's so much more there. Like, Mike, the fact that she's a Strode. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And being the granddaughter of Laurie Strode means that by familial association, Mike, she suffers from a very particular and unfortunate malady that I'll call third generation PTSD. <laughs> Yeah, no joke. I mean, passed down from her grandmother, Lori, who experienced the actual trauma from 78 Halloween directly. Right. Allison has a lot to deal with here. I mean, sure, her boyfriend's an asshole, um, and his name actually also happens to be what? Um, Lonnie, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Related to Lonnie? Yep. He's a, he's Lonnie's son, right, I believe? Or it's just one of those stupid connections they're trying to make. No, Sorry, I think it I'm is. I think negative, it's. Yeah. No, I think I think Lonnie's dad will be in the new uh, Halloween Kills. So I think this, I think that's and I think the boyfriend's actually coming back in this one too. So corny. Anyway, keep going. Um, <laughs> and sure, her boyfriend's an asshole. Uh, I don't even know what his name is. Casey, whatever his name is, and an other supposed friend, Oscar, 
he pines after her. I mean, she is stunning after all. Yeah. Um, but that's all just periphery, Mike. That's periphery details in Allison's life. There's no time for love when you live in the illimitable shadow of a large butcher knife. <laughs> and boyfriend woes, that should be her biggest worry, but Allison is denied any sense of normalcy, Mike. She's instead forced to confront her grandmother's past, an imminently dangerous future in the form of Michael Myers, who has once again arrived in Haddonfield. Yep. Such a character would normally garner a strong sense of sympathy from an audience, but believe me, Mike, when I tell you, she doesn't want your sympathy, all right? As Linda would have said, she's totally got this. <laughs> that scene where she ends up in the back of the cop car with Mike, you have to admit, Mike, in a film that you don't like, that's a freaking unbelievable scene. No, it is. It is. It's tense. It's a standout scene from last year's film. It's brutally suspenseful. And Allison's making it out alive tells you, Mike, she is no ordinary girl. Nope. Her, she has this innate ability to transcend being a typical teen, and her close relationship ultimately with her grandmother tells you that she's just another level of woman. Um, like I already mentioned, she is a strode. And she, along with her mother and her grandmother, they collectively are the most formidable foe that Michael will ever face. I truly believe that. Um, could it be that the loving bonds of family, along with badass marksmanship training and generational trauma, can finally put an end to this seemingly indestructible shape? We'll see, Mike. Stay tuned. My money's on Team Strode, and my heart and my undying allegiance is 100% Team Allison. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you like this movie. Um, I don't agree with you, but I do think that she's a very strong character and an important character in the series. So I will agree with you on that. I'm glad. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that slight concession. I, I, I do appreciate <laughs> No problem. <laughs> so, uh, Mike... So now we are on number three, right in the middle here. What do you got for number three? <sighs> Tommy Doyle grew up to be one fucked up adult. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going, I think. <laughs> My number three is Paul Stephen Rudd from Halloween 6. Good old Tommy Doyle. I need to see a doctor. What seems to be the problem? Uh, it's my baby. It's, there's been an accident. What kind of accent? Get me a doctor, now! Oh, Why do these God. kids all have to be Tommy? Tommy Jarvis, Tommy Doyle? What the hell is it? It's, What's his name? It's crazy, but anyway. What happened to the kid that said, can we make a jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> Why so serious, Tommy? All kidding aside, I do love this version of Tommy Doyle. Paul Rudd plays it like he hasn't stopped thinking about that one Halloween night. Like a, a male, a grown-up male thinks about his prom night. He really is obsessed. For for God's sakes, he has a Michael Myers screensaver on his computer. <laughs> he does the thorn. He has so many great lines in this film, but my favorite is when he gets into a confrontation with the nurse at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I love how they have him bump into the little boy Danny to make him drop his pumpkin, just like it happened to him when Lonnie knocked his down. This is such a great connection to the original, much better than all the connections and homages they tried to make in the latest Halloween 2018. So Halloween 6, Mike, is chock full of those callbacks. and I mean, We've discussed it on the producer's cut. Yeah, I mean, there are but tons they're, but of But they're genuine... brilliant. They're really, yes, really they well thought out, and they're not just thrown in there like I feel like they did in Halloween 2018. But that's just my I opinion. I agree. So as a fan, you can imagine that Tommy would grow up to be, would be so obsessed by Michael Myers and trying to stop him. I think Paul uh, came a long way as an actor to play Tommy Doyle from his performing in his Nintendo commercial. 
Have you ever seen that? <laughs> that, 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 that primed him for sure. <laughs> it really did. It really did. But uh, I, I don't know. The way that Paul plays this character makes me... Was Clueless after this, by the way? Or did you film that before this? You know what? I think it was after because I remember hearing that he actually had to leave... Uh, the set of Halloween 6 to go on his final audition for Clueless. Mm. And then he came back and told them that he got the job. So I think it was directly after or they may have started filming during the, the, you know, the wrap of this or maybe reshoots or something. I forget. But yeah, it was definitely like right after, I want to say. But okay. um, but I, I don't know. I just love Paul Rudd as an actor. And I think it's the only performance you can see him acting this way where he's acting sort of serious and crazy and sort of... Uh, you know, stalkerish, and you know, there's so many different uh, uh, different faces of Paul Rudd in this movie. Oh, Mike, but this is a this is the most stoic Paul Rudd has ever been. Like, I know, it's serious. It's amazing. It's like, it just it's makes very... me laugh. It's so great. Oh my god, me too. It's so great. So that's my number three. Got give it up to Tommy Doyle. Uh, <laughs> you know, Rudd, the Tommy fucked Doyle. up Tommy Tommy Doyle. So there you go, Matt. What's your number three? Oh, it's, I love it, Mike. It's it's a great pick, man. <laughs> my number three. Ooh, is this dude. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. Okay. So, Connell Cochran may be one of cinema's most insidious characters, Mike. I mean, by the way, he has a plan to wipe the entire population of children off the face of the planet. Um, but, and this is our favorite characters, so you can imagine what kind of guy I am if I'm picking him in my top third, as my third favorite. But for me, I have nothing but love for this big baddie, Mike. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, other than the child murdering thing, let's look at what good old Connell has to offer, Mike, shall we? <laughs> he is a world-class astronomer who spouts end-of-the-world prognostications based on planetary alignment. This is a very educated guy, Mike. <laughs> um, he's an avid collector of rare pieces, um, such as that doll thing that that's German from 1785. Gonna have to find a replacement. And... Um, you know, rocks from Stonehenge, which he uses to harness the powers of the universe, I think. <laughs> um, he's a serious businessman who generously shares his trade secrets <laughs> with those individuals that are foolish enough to request a peek behind the curtain at the factory. And, Mike, he is a merry prankster. He, he really gets is. secretly giddy thinking about, um, you know, the big reveal and final processing and the volatile chemicals that are involved with final final processing yeah um he seems an amiable enough employer but one must remember his workforce consists of androids who don't speak always seem busy and are perfectly obedient um so there's that mm -hmm. he's also the ultimate fan of halloween as a holiday mike can you can't argue with that no i mean this guy's got got knowledge of of its celtic roots and how the beautiful lush green hills of ireland once ran red with the blood of animals and children for god's sakes how many times does he say sam hain in the movie <laughs> i mean come on mike right i mean you know loomis tries in part two to talk about sam hain but listen i buy it much more from connell man you yes. know i mean plus mike let's face it ultimately he runs a mask factory for christ's sake mm -hmm. what's a cooler job than that so cool um as played by dan o'hurley the hack the acting is just a high watermark of the series it it elevates the story having an actor of his caliber firing on all cylinders he even sells scenes mike and dialogue as batshit crazy as stealing actual rock pieces from stonehenge in order to create a master race of killer robots hell-bent on carrying out good old connell's vision of mass destruction of the innocents <laughs> yeah he's that good folks <laughs> if any and i mean any 
other character or actor deliver these lines, it just would be exposed, Mike, for the ludicrous, far-fetched, nonsensical shit that it really is. But the lines as delivered by Cochran, they're pure poetry, and I buy every single word. Not only does it make sense to me, but for me, it becomes this brilliant, nefarious plan devised by one of the greatest megalomaniacs in cinema history. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't work, Mike. None of it should work. <laughs> the dialogue, the plot. But in large part to Conal Cochran, the work done by Daniel Hurley, Halloween 3 is the standout film for me in the series right now. It's the one I go back to more, way more frequently than any of the other entries. Just isn't Halloween if I haven't watched this movie. I know you feel the same way. Yes. So, folks, by the way, in case I haven't already told you, Happy Halloween. <laughs> so that's my number three, Mike. I love him. You got to love him. You got to appreciate him. He's a, he's a menacing dude, and uh, you know he wanted to, to take out every single child in the world. You know what I mean? That's How more evil every can you get? Them. How more evil can you get than that? So that's a great one, Matt. What a great number three. So now we are on number two. Number two. All right, Matt. Poor Jamie. She's not even a real sister. We're not really sisters, Jamie. <laughs> Her mom is dead. <laughs> Her mom is dead, and she's forced to sleep alone. Nighty night. Come on, Sunday. Her mommy's a mummy. <laughs> but she keeps trucking, Maddie. She keeps trucking. Even after she is bullied by by her classmates at school. Where's your mask, Laura? You're wearing it. I don't need to wear a stupid costume. That's because every day is Halloween at Jamie's house. Right, Jamie? Because your uncle's the boogeyman. She still goes trick-or-treating with them. That clown costume's really cool. Really? Hey, want to go with us? Go ahead. She does. She might be the toughest character in any Halloween movie. I, I think I might make that statement. That's a bold statement. I, I just love... Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4. I really do. Daniel Harris is an amazing child actor. Uh, you have to admit that, right, Matt? Oh, my God, yeah, definitely. She, she owns this role as Michael Myers' niece. Uh, not only is Michael Myers her uncle, she has a foster family that wants to have nothing to do with her. You'll have to watch Jamie tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Matt, was she being set up at the end as the new Michael Myers? Did you think she was? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I think that's what they were going with that, right? Um, are you happy that she wasn't in Halloween 5? Yes. Okay, yes, good, because I was too. Uh, I was happy they didn't go that direction. Um, so, Jamie, you might not be a real sister, but you are one of my favorite characters in all of the Halloween films. And now, Matt, wow. Matt, before we move on to your number two, there's a scene... What what would you say is your favorite scene in Halloween four? Uh, well, maybe give me give me real quick your top three favorite scenes from Halloween four. Go quick. Wow, you want my top three just, favorite scenes? Just three. You don't have to top three. Just give me three of your favorite off the top of your head. Um, I'm gonna go with. And I'm gonna give you a preface. Nostalgia wise, which one? What what are your some of your favorite scenes? Real quick. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um. Mike, I'm stumped here. I gotta say, oh, I gotta go on. with. I gotta go with. I mean, I, I, they don't involve Jamie though. It's like that's fine. Brady, Brady's my favorite scene with with, okay. uh, with her. With, with you know, walking up the stairs, yep. backing up, and okay. before he gets killed. That's it's definitely not what one I'm of my looking for. Scenes. But go the the sunglasses. The, the 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 Vincent drug scene is probably one of my favorite scenes. Okay, that that scene. Yep. Is there? Okay, so I'm and gonna that stop. Doesn't involve Jamie. Is there another Vincent drug scene that you like? Well, the first one with. 
with Kelly Meeker and the boys, and then the other one with Jamie when she's finding her costumes. Are the two you talking about? Okay, yeah. I want you to open your present right now. Oh, okay. So Matt so, is going to open his birthday present. I am, and you're going to hear it. You ready? Yes. And I want you to talk it through, Matt, because remember, nobody okay. can see you. So tell us what you're doing and tell us what you're looking at. And we, I want a, a, a reaction. I am currently taking off this pink paper that has little little white cupcakes with yellow flowers <laughs> with green leaves on them. I'm taking that off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish you would have told me I need a knife here, Mike. <laughs> no, it's oh, did I put? You can pull it. I don't. I think it's just it's it's tape. It's thick tape, but you can just rip it. Yes, you can. Michael. Damn it, it's taped. <laughs> what does that mean? It's stuck in this box. Uh, okay, I got it open. All right. What is it? Oh, my goodness. Okay, folks, I'm taking this out. I see hair, first of all. I see hair. I see care instructions. It's from Trick or Treat Studios, so everybody knows. And it is, it looked like it looks like a damned 88 Halloween 4 Michael Myers mask. That's it, man. Oh, man. Lorenzo would love this thing. <laughs> Happy Check birthday, Maddie. Out. Dude, this is awesome. Well, remember last year when we talked about, oh, no, it wasn't last year. When we did the Halloween 4 uh, commentary, we both wow. talked about our original Don Post masks, how they were like getting destroyed. You know what I mean? So yes. I thought of that, and I know you love to dress up as Michael Myers every year, and I said, I got to get Maddie a new mask. And I said, what better mask to get Maddie than from our favorite, you know, one of our favorite Halloween movies from the series. So Trick or Treat Studios released the Halloween 4 mask, um, made, I think it's uh, Justin, Mc, I forget his name, but the guy that actually designed the mask from the movie uh, works for Trick or Treat Studios. Uh, so they have the official license for it now. So I was like, I got to get Matt this mask. Justin so, Mabry. That's it, Justin Mabry. So it's yours, yeah. Maddie. So there you go. You got a new uh, mask oh, to wear will, at Halloween I will post this, year. this I will post this picture on Instagram later for sure. Please do, because I've been dying like, oh. oh, so there you go. Well, happy birthday. Oh, so fantastic. Thanks so much. Doesn't man. it look great, dude? Doesn't it look amazing? <laughs> Like it, it looks bent. Like it's that's so the mask. Like well, our Don. To- when you look at our, comp- I, you know, I love the Don Post mask that we had. You know, that brings me back to memories of such great memories of wearing those when I was younger. But this is the mask. You know what I mean? Like this is the way. This is the mask they should have sold in stores. You know? Oh, it's, it's gorgeous, Mike. I mean, I can't get over how <laughs> it's creepy too, man. It really is. It's great, right? I think it's a really good, good representation of the mask in the in the movie. So, so there you go. Happy oh, man. birthday, thanks, bud. dude. I no can't problem. thank you enough, man. No problem. That's amazing. Man. No, I'm psyched for you. I can't wait to see you dressed up in it too. You got to post a picture of that, you know. Oh God, I will. I will. So that's my oh. number two, and that's why I wanted to wait because I wanted you to open it as we talked about that. So your number two is my number two. Uh, well, my my character for number two delivers this immortal line. Hey, jerk! Speed kills! Had this been the beginning of the film, Mike, these words, these very words, could have been aimed at Judith Myers' anonymous boyfriend as he breaks the land speed record for sexual intercourse. <laughs> Um, I think you know the words I'm talking about. They just they were just uttered recently. Hey, jerk speed kills. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Annie Brackett, Mike, all American girl. Yes. As played by Nancy Loomis, 
She's a girl that any guy would be lucky enough to spend some time with. I mean, she's vivacious. She's funny. She's full of life. I mean, she's a giver, Mike. She As evidenced is. by her, yeah, her casual turned sexual phone conversation with her boyfriend. That's not true. I think about lots of things now. Why don't we stop talking about them and get down to doing them? <laughs> I mean, she's so matter of fact. She knows what she wants. I love it's not just the guy, Mike, who's the empty-headed horn dog, but Annie here is this independent modern woman she's confident enough in her own sexuality to take the reins and bend them toward what she wants and what mm -hmm. she needs i think i think deborah hill's voice mike can be heard very loud and clear in this scene indeed she's clearly like a loyal friend to Lori too realizing yes. that you know her friend is seeing men behind bushes and receiving phone calls which include obscene chewing <laughs> she lights up a spliff in broad daylight to help Lori, you know dial back the paranoia a little bit of course they run running into Annie's sheriff father probably only helped to increase Lori's anxiety a hundredfold, mm -hmm. but thoughtful gestures such as these that set Annie apart from the rest. And sure, Mike, smoking illegal substances in Ruto babysitting gig might not might seem irresponsible mm -hmm. on the surface. But unlike Judith at the beginning of the film, who has no idea where little brother Mikey is, Annie has the good sense to at least place her young charge Lindsay in Lori's care before lighting out for a decadent night of fornication with her boyfriend. I think that's very <laughs> responsible. That is responsibility at its finest. Ultimately, Mike, I love Annie Brackett, and I mean this, all sarcasm aside, when Carpenter forces us to be in that car and you witness Oof. the prolonged agony of her death, to me, and I'm going to make another bold, you know, talk about bold statements, mm -hmm. it's the most uncomfortable kill in the entire series for me. I would agree I with that. I truly believe this. Because yeah. she's so full of life. She was our best friend. It hurts so on a, such a deeply personal level to watch that vitality choked right out of her so gratuitously. And you have to sit there and watch every second of it. It's a rough one. And she's reaching out, touching the window. You know what I mean? It's so like, here's to you, Annie. Oof. We love you, baby. Yeah. We love you. Great. We miss you. Great number, great number two, Matt. That's an awesome one. Great job. Thanks. Dude. Love it. Love her. So we are down to number one. We are, Matt. We are. What will it be? Who will it be? How will it be? <laughs> we shall see. We shall. So, uh, so Matt, I owe you yes, for sir. this. I owe you for this one, bud. Oh, okay. You pointed this out to me and, and all of our listeners, how Loomis slowly goes mad from Halloween 4 into 5 and he, how he completely loses it in Halloween 6. So my number one is Loomis from Halloween 6. Too violent, too deadly for you to imagine it. It grew inside him. Okay, specifically Halloween 6. I love specifically, love it. yes. Love it. Just, just opening a door for him, for an old friend, and he is <laughs> agitated. Terrence, come in. Terrence, Terrence, come on in. <laughs> He'll even let himself into someone's house without letting them know. Is everything all right? Who are you? My favorite, my favorite part about this Loomis is how he speaks and how he speaks his voice and how it raises to an intense tone that only can be imitated by one of the men that I happen to be talking to right now. And that man is you, Maddie. So I leave you to take it away, Maddie. Give us some Loomis from Halloween 6. And he goes, the rage! That's where his voice goes up like six octaves. Yes, keep going. Please, Mrs. Stroud! The rage! Michael, Michael's out there. He's probably in your house right now! 
he is. He's literally in the other room watching them pretty much talk, isn't he? Oh, is this the one? I think it is, dude. That's what I was hoping He's you'd go to. He's driven by a force too violent, too deadly. Too violent, too deadly. <laughs> That's my favorite when you do the too violent, too deadly. Too violent, too deadly. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. It's crazy. It's crazy, Loomis, man. I, I, he just maxed out. As soon as he leaves, that's when Mrs. Strode uh, <laughs> takes her death run outside in the broad daylight by the sheets, right? Yeah, yeah. She gets it in the sheets. Uh, her death crawl, Which is, yeah. again, is another homage to the original Halloween with the sheets. Think about it. Oh, that, that is true. And they do that again in the in Halloween 2018, obviously, yeah. as well. But it's not as good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so biased. Uh, so, Loomis from Halloween 6, you are my favorite character in all the Halloween movies, and you will be missed. So, Maddie, that's my number one, and it's really it's really because of your imitation, honestly. That's really why he's well, my number one. So I would definitely go back to our Producer's Cut episode, because I was definitely um, a little more, more on the Loomis point, yeah, point yeah. there, yeah. But that's, that's the reason why he's my number one. It's your imitation that really took him to the top for me, because I realized how crazy he is. He is totally off his rocker. And what's so great is that you can go from the theatrical and the producers and you get a little bit of different, you know, different tastes of Loomis throughout the two different movies, you know, so you get extra Loomis. You do. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, it's interesting. Let's hear it, Matt. It's very interesting that you say that Crazy Loomis from Part 6 is your favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw a little curveball into the mixture here for my number one because I am also going to pick Loomis. Ooh. But I am going to pick Loomis from part two. It was my patient for 15 years. It became an obsession with me until I realized that there was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. An hour ago, I stood up and, and fired six shots into him. He just got up and walked away. I am talking about the real possibility that he is still out there. Ooh, interesting. Look, he's a lot zanier in later films, as you just referenced. Yes. I adore that side of him as much as you, as you probably know, if you're a long time listener to this podcast, like, like I said, go back to our Halloween six producers cut. Um, I, I definitely imitate him a little more length with more lines that I was actually looking at to recite. Um, but this film captures Loomis in that weird space as he's transitioning from normal man to certifiable lunatic. His blunder is legendary, Mike. You let him out. The many shades of Sam Loomis on display in Halloween 2, it's why I picked him for my number one spot. Let's take a step back. Let's examine the evidence right right now. Okay? Yes. The many sides of Dr. Samuel Loomis. Historian Loomis. In order to appease the gods, the druid priests held fire rituals. Prisons of war, criminals, the insane, animals were burned alive in baskets. By observing the way they died, the druids believed they could see omens of the future. Rhetorical, Loomis. What does you fellas usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? Misogynistic, Loomis. Go on. Dr. Loomis. You stay with me and shut up. Enlightened, Loomis. Jesus, don't you see what he's doing here in Haddonfield? He killed one sister 15 years ago, now he's trying to kill the other. Freudian, Loomis. Sam Hain is an evil spirit. Isn't goblins, ghosts, or witches? It's the unconscious mind. We're all afraid of the dark inside ourselves. Insistent, Loomis. 
Yeah, now. Obvious, Loomis. If that wasn't Michael Myers burning up in that car, then a lot of other kids are going to be slaughtered tonight. Passive-aggressive, Loomis? I ought to handcuff you to the wheel, but I have a feeling I'm going to need you in there. And for a man who prides himself on being a step or two behind his patient, finally it's punctual, Loomis. It's time, Michael. At the end of the day, Mike... Michael Myers is the most iconic character in the Halloween franchise to wear a mask. But I hope through this podcast that you were able to see that Loomis is a man who wears some pretty damn impressive masks of his own. It's interesting to really think of the change from Halloween 1 all the way up to Halloween 6. You know, leaving out 3, obviously. Uh, just the, the, the kind of like the slow madness. You know what I mean? It's true. Like you pointed I it shot out. him in the heart. <laughs> this bad. He's not human. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's almost like a calmness in one and then two, he starts to get a little angry. You know what I mean? And then by four, he's, you know, he's, he's a little kooky by five. He definitely, you know, he's, 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 you know, beating the shit out of Michael Myers, you know, uh, uh, with a bat or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy. And then by six, he's completely, completely lost it where he's just, you know, wandering into, he's like senile. He's like wandering into people's homes. Uh, false. <laughs> this thing false inside of him. It's too violent, too deadly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I think it's great that both our number ones were Loomis from different movies in the series. So, Oh, how could they not be? So I'm kind of disappointed, Matt. None of us had a character from Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh, man. Listeners, would you have picked a character from Halloween Resurrection? We'd like to know. <laughs> I mean, the, so, the end credits would have been my favorite character from that film. Yeah. So, anyway. So we had we we had every movie represented except for, the obviously, the um, Rob Zombie films. No, we didn't have five either, did we? Oh, you're right. We didn't have five. I thought I had a five in there, but you're right. And five. So, interesting. That's very interesting. Interesting. So, I think we should announce what our next podcast is going to be, Matt, because it, it kind of relates, and this is sort of like a Halloween treat for our listeners. It kind of relates to what we just talked about, correct? It no, really relates to what you just talked about. What I just talked about, for sure, for certain. Yeah. So, go ahead, it, it Matt. Is, um, announce it. It is a special seasonal Halloween commentary for Halloween 2 from 1981. Yes. And that's going to be an interesting one because I've made it clear that Halloween 2 is definitely not one of my favorites in the series. And it is one of your favorites in the series. So uh, we could have a little debate going when we do this commentary. Uh, this was fun to kind of dive into the different characters from the Halloween series. So guys, let us know some of yours. Uh, you can reach out to us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, our Patreon listeners, you know, obviously. Oh, and follow us over to Patreon for an additional three each. Yes, we're doing that. So if you'd like to hear that, consider, you know, your minimum. I think the minimum donation to hear our bonus episodes is five. We have like a $2 yes. donation for people that just want to support us and get a shout out. Uh, but five gets you all our video um, video postings, all our articles, and our bonus episodes. So if you guys would consider it we'd appreciate it because it really helps us out and it's uh we're giving you stuff back so it's fun oh man so this was a fun one matt and i'm uh you know awesome awesome yeah this was so great I'm waiting i love it i love it good good topic i'm glad you picked this one so are you gonna leave us with something tonight maddie oh um well mike talked about this already but i really want to i really want to really everyone to be careful so if you find yourself alone in the dark, 
on the streets of Haddonfield on Halloween night. Make sure your mask has big enough eye holes, and for God's sakes look both ways before you cross the street, or else you run the risk of getting smacked by a cop car and subsequently rammed into the side of a parked van. And if the pain of being struck by a speeding cop car and pressed into a pancake between two cars isn't bad enough, then the violent explosion that follows should certainly cap off what had started out as a fun night drinking with your friends, but has now ended up with you engulfed in flames and crushed beyond all recognition. And as that mask melts and begins to just fuse with your liquid skin, just remember this, the importance of a curfew. And lament that missed opportunity lost to date the strong, smart, sexy classmate named Laurie Strode. Please, folks, practice Halloween safety. It's pertinent. Happy Halloween. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll see you in uh, the Halloween 2 commentary. Peace. Take care. <laughs>